Tov. Today's job is Memhei. We pick up on the middle of Mem Dalad Amin Bet. The two dots. So we have we're discussing now the getting of the uh, hot coals from the top of the uh, altar, which is then going to after the vidoy and the shechita of his cow, the second vidoy and the shechita of his cow, ox, I should say, excuse me. And uh, then we're going to, obviously now in the process of talking about the bringing of the Torah, so just to remind you, yesterday we had a whole important discussion about the idea of having to vacate the Ulam and the Heichal and even the space between the Ulam and the Heichal when he is bringing the Ketoret and we broaden that to number one with Chaper Kodesh, any of the votas he does on the inside including the blood of the of the ox and of the goat and not only that but we even broadened it outside of Yom Kippur when other types of Kapara Kodesh are being done maybe even when the daily Ketoret is being done which was a bit of a shocker um, and that was not fully sort of like elaborated on that idea of the daily of the daily Ketoret maybe it was only meant to the 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 regular Ketoret but done on Yom Kippur but anyway the idea of vacating that space um, in a variety of cases particularly all the Avodot Pnim all the Avodot in the Hechal that are done on Yom Kippur Okay, so now back to the shoveling of the coals. Um, every day he would uh, shovel the shell castor with a silver one and pour it into gold, and today he would shovel directly with a gold. So the Gemara says, My time, what is the reason that normally you would do it with two? The Torah is concerned with the waste of Jewish money. So, yes, you had all these beautiful vessels in the Beit HaMikdash. We had a bizarre application of that before, that they wanted to have a wood box when everything else was gold and silver. But here, at least, the point is, yes, have gold, have silver, but don't waste it. So if you shovel with gold, gold is a very soft metal, and you shovel in the coals, that'll be a waste. So shovel with the silver and pour it into the gold. That yom I don't know. Well, because you want things to be beautiful, but it's true. There's always that trade-off. Today we don't use only gold. My time, why? The weakness of the going gadol. You don't want to be just doing a lot of manipulation, and you know you want to streamline things and so on. I pointed out to you already that the Rishash says that there seems to be a more straightforward reason because the simple sense of the verse is that the same thing you you shovel the coals is the one you bring into the Kaddish Kadashim. Um, and he explains the Gemara again back to another sort of question in the Mishnah that maybe when it says about what was special today it's not limiting itself to for some of this discussion particularly around the coals and how they were shoveled maybe it's not limiting itself to just the Ketoros of the Kache Kachim but maybe it's, lim- maybe it's talking even on Yom Kippur they would do this special for the other Ketoros that was done the morning and the afternoon and maybe that's why it gives this reason so that's two interesting points one is is there based on the Psukim maybe there's an idea of going straight from the shoveling on the altar to the Kashi uh, Kadashim, not to do a switching, maybe that's even based on the Psukim, not just a side concern about the sort of burden on the Kohen Gadol. And the other question, again, we in Rashi particularly emphasizes that the mission when it's talking about special means specifically special for the Ketoros of the Kashi Kadashim, but is it possible to read the Mishnah a little broader, that everything special was done today, even by the other Ketoroses as well, at least certain aspects. But how do you know you don't do one shovel for the rest of the year? Is that was just tradition. I mean, what do you mean? Uh, no, but is it because you actually want to bring it in in a golden one because it's nicer? Yeah, it? yeah. But then, but then you use the silver one because of the wasting of the gold. Okay. Bechol yom b'shal arba kavin, and every normal day you shovel with four and pour into three. But today, since you're using only one, you shovel with the three that you're going to use, the one that holds three kav. 
Tana, we taught in Bryce, and he's Pazulo Kavdichalim. So this is the issue about where you would do the pouring, right? Michael asked, is the pouring done on the top of the altar? And I said, it sounds like elsewhere that it's done on the floor. And this is based on this. Because it says, when the coals, if the coals scatter, that extra, when you go from four to three, Mechabdan la'ama, you sweep them into the ama, which was this uh, trench in the Beit HaMikdash with water going through it you sort of like you know the whole thing they have in Israel about how they mop the floors and they have a hole in the floor or whatever you know so they already so they, there's a good Mitzvah to that all the way to the time of the Beit HaMikdash you'd mop everything into this trench with water and well, it would take everything out I, I don't know exactly where in the other right was um, but anyway so here you would sweep the coals into that trench as well which certainly it's pretty clear that the pouring was done on the floor so you would come down with the four Gechalim off of the altar and then you would do the switch on the floor is certainly what it sounds like and if there was extra you would sweep it that's on a normal day Tani Chada Kav so one bright that teaches there would be an extra Kav which is based on our Mishnah from 4 to 3 the Tani Idach we have another bright so Kabayim two Kavs would be extra Bishle Mahach the Tani Kav I get the position that there would be an extra Kav when you did the switch Rabbana, that's the rabbis who said you would go from four to three. Now there was another position in the Mishnah that said you went from six to three. But how do you get the right? But how do you get that with me three extra? But how do you get the position that there were two extra? The tiny so says that says there were two extra that would scatter the um, money. Who is that? Lo Rabbanan, Lo Rabbiosi. It's not Rabbanan who says it was four to three. Not Rabbiosi. It says six to three. So I'm Rav Chizur, Rav Yishmael, Benosha, Rav Yochanan, and Brokhi. It's Rav Yishmael, the son of Rav Yochanan, and Brokhi. So we have all positions, four, five, and six. The tiny Rav Yishmael, Benosha, Rav Yochanan, and Brokhi, Omer, Bishel Kavayim Hayam Maknis. So he says that actually, excuse me, it wasn't four, five, and six. Yes, you shovel. He says you shoveled with six, okay, like Rav Yosi, but he says you did not pour it into something that held three I'm sorry I got that wrong you shoveled with you shoveled with four like the Rabbanon but you didn't pour it into something that held three you poured it into something that only held two okay so in our Mishnah everybody agreed that the Makta the fire pan you would bring in this is a normal day held three kavs and the debate was it was the original one you shoveled off of the altar four or six which would lead to a difference of one or three the brighter that says two is an opinion that yes you shoveled with four but you poured it into one not that held three but one that held two and therefore you had two extra that scattered okay, it sounds like it, if it accidentally spilled but here no it had a spill right. you were going from more to less not accidentally okay Ravashi but the question is what was the difference okay so now we have not only a difference between how much the initial shovel was three or six but also uh, four, uh, four or six but a question how much the shovel you carried in was was it three or was it or was what it two um, um, I don't know I mean you want more so that when you do the transfer you get enough in but why such a large gap I don't know Ravashi Amar a few same Reb Yossi it can even be Reb Yossi that says six and you went from a six to three so if you went from six to three how is it there were only two extra the Hachi Kamar here's how it so there was actually a difference of the uh, of the measures. You know how much were the measures indicated when they were in the wilderness, and then when they got to Israel, there was a change in what the measure signified, and the same measure actually was include you know was larger. The same unit was used for a larger amount. So so uh, six of the of the of the um, old measures is really only going to be five of the new measures. So they would dig, right, they added a six. So they, you dig it with one that had six, but six old measures, which really means five new ones, and you pour it into three, something that had three new ones, so the difference would be two.
fine. Anyway, that was the normal week, the normal year where you went from, you shoveled a lot with silver and you poured it into less of gold. Normally it would be of a heavy metal, presumably even the gold one that you would bring in. Now it would be light, a thinner gold, and also with a longer arm. And we're going to talk later about the whole idea of the manipulation. Tanya, we turn it bright. Normally the gilda, um, not the gold, but the sort of the thickness, the wall, would be thick. Um, and today it was thin. Normally the handle would be short. Today long. My timer, why? It would be a longer handle and thinner because so you could use your arm and your elbow in order to manipulate it. As, thank you so much. As we will see when we get to discussing how the pteros was actually put on, but you're holding things in both hands and you have to pour into both hands from the from the incense. So you're going to need to be using manipulating with your arms and elbows. Now, Normally there was not an Yashtik. That's what the son of the Sagan says. Always interesting when you have the Sagan. We've had a couple of times commenting on this. This vice going Gadol. Um, what is this Yashtik? So talk about, you know, an opportunity to try to figure something out completely from context. Like, what is it? What, what can you imagine? I mean, maybe we have parallels, but it's one of those words where we really don't have a parallel to it. So what does this mean? So Rashi speculates. Rashi says, here's what Rashi says, two lines down the wide lines. Tabaat birosha. It would have some type of a of, of a ring to So then, when you're walking with it, it bangs the metal bangs. You know, the ring bangs against the metal of the pan, and it makes a sign. It makes a sound. Like the idea that when you go into the uh, kodesh, you should be. Now, that's why he normally wills the meal. So it's quite a fascinating Rashi. Because why? Because why wouldn't that work today? He's Today he's only wearing big day lavan. So Rashi has a fascinating idea. There, in general, the meal has the pomegranates and the bells at the bottom. There's some idea of making a sound as you enter into the uh, into the heichal, right? Not so, right. But you don't have that now. You're all in big day lavan, so you don't have this sound that you make when you enter in. So Rashi seems that at least when you're bringing in the fire pan, that's not the only thing you would do there. But at least we would have some theme of that idea. It's quite fascinating the importance of what that idea might be. Just one second. Look at Tosfos. Tosfos says. Um, so says he quotes Rashi and then two lines down he says Nartik Nartik is like a, a sheath um, you should not burn you would have a pot handle. You'd have a leather handle to go around the uh, around the you know the handle, like a, 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 so that you would not burn because you're holding it. Pot holder. You'd have you know you have this you have all these coals and you have this metal and you're holding it. How is it that you don't burn? Now the question is, okay, that's wonderful. Why didn't you have it during the rest of the year? So I thought the reason you, that you would have it only now is because the gold was what it was. The gold was thinner. So I don't know. I, but my sense is, if you have a thicker metal, right? Is that wrong or right? If you have a thicker metal and you have something hot, will it take longer for the for the um, for the heat to transfer to the conduct and transfer to the extremities of it? I thought maybe it had to do with the fact that the metal was thinner. Of course, it's also the handle was longer, so that might have made it not such problems. So Tosus points out, no. The issue was, was that you were going to have to, hours later, or however much long later, go back and get 
the fire pan that had been burning with the ketoret and retrieve it, right? So the, now that you're bringing it in, that's not a problem. In a short period of time, it's not going to get so hot, the metal. But then you're going to put the ketoret on, go to the other avodas, come back and retrieve it, and it still has hot coals in it, and now, by now, the handle is hot. So that's why you needed to have this leather pavel that was sent to the handle on it. Maybe, maybe. But I think Rose's explanation is better. Even that wouldn't so much explain the, the, this degree of difference. Okay, so back to the Gemara. Um, five lines on the bottom. Normally it would be a green, but probably yellow gold, and today a red gold. I'm Rav because as we pointed out, Yarok in the Mishnah could mean gold, could mean green or red, green or yellow. I'm Rav Chista. Shiva Zahavim Heim. There are seven types of gold. Zahav, normal gold. Zahav Tov, good gold. Zahav Ophir. Zahav from Ophir. Zahav Mufaz. Zahav Shachut. Zahav Sagur. Zahav Parvayim. So let's say what each one means. Zahav Zahav Tov, normal gold and good gold. Tichsiv, the verse says. Zahav Ha'aratahi Tov. Right in the beginning of Bereshit. So that gold was good, meaning that there's stone gold, and then there's good gold. Okay, so I don't know about that, but there's higher quality. Zahav Ophir, so what's Zahav Ophir? Zahav Ophir, it comes from the land of Ophir, but presumably it's of some different quality. Um, I have no idea, and I did not look up. I'm sure I, I, a quick search in Wikipedia could give information, meaning I know that gold as a pure element obviously only comes in one form, but I imagine gold as it's found in the real world has probably what? Like different degrees of impurities and different whatever, so clumps of different qualities. What? Right. But, but when you have, is the only difference of gold the degree of impurities and the carrots, or is there other things that would, in, that would create like differences in terms of its quality and color? Maybe it's what are the impurities? I don't know. I don't know what leads to differences. I'm sure somebody could look up on Wikipedia and tell me. Right. Right. That's certainly true. Right. You can't. Yeah. Pure gold is 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 too malleable. I think for most uses. Right. Okay. Zahav mufaz. What's zahav mufaz? Shadoma lepaz. It's similar to paz. Now paz, I always thought was gold. Right. So <laughs> so Rashi says paz is matziv to margalit. It shines like a type of a precious stone. So apparently that's... Uh, but I, aren't there psukim which say, um, which have pods to, I thought meant gold? Um, um, what is it? Um, anyway. Okay. I have to check it out. Zahav um, shachut, now literally slaughtered, or it might be from the word chut, like a string, shenit vetichut, that it is like, you know, it's very, you make it, you, 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 you comb it, like a string, basically gold made into gold, gold so string. Really but that's quality. not a different type of a gold, right? So Rashi says that it's so soft it can be made into a string that it that it's able to be processed that way. Zahav sagur. Um, so what's closed gold? When this gold comes on the market, all the other gold stores close up. This clearly is of such a great quality. Zahav parvayim, and this is why we're mentioning all of this. That's red gold, which is like the blood of, of oxen, and therefore, and that is the gold that he would use. So, of course, it seems to be you know, significant here. What is the significance of the red gold? We never pointed out. Well, maybe it's just that it's you know, more expensive, it's different, it's fancy. But maybe also because it evokes, but maybe also because it evokes blood. 
So remember, the Bria we're bringing in the Ketoret, but the other things that you're going to be doing here that parallel the Ketoret are the bringing in of the blood, the blood of the ox, the blood of the goat. And we mentioned before an interesting idea that normally we think these are very different processes. The Ketoret, as I mentioned the other day, is more about that encounter with God, you know, whereas the, the, the blood is more about cleansing the Mikdash. But the Gemara connected them and said that the Ketoret is Mechaper. And the Gemara said that when you do whether the Ketoret or the blood, you have to exit, you have to vacate the Heichah, the Lechaper Bakodesh. So now that they're linked to this idea of Lechaper, it's interesting that we're making the gold here, a red gold, which evokes the idea of the blood. Is it more expensive or just... Presumably. No, 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 they're not seven. They're only five. All of those five, which are identifying the categories, have a different mix of normal gold and good gold. So maybe plus other things, or maybe the whole difference is the proportions of those two, but presumably plus other things. Alright. Every day it was yellow, today red. And that is the gold of Parvayim, so that when it's similar to the blood of the oxen. So here, the bright explicitly identifies the, the red gold as gold that is similar to the blood of ox, this character of gold, which I think is important in terms of linking the Torah to the idea of the kapara of the blood. Okay. Normally it would be half of a maneh, half of a unit in the morning and half in the afternoon of Torah. Today there would obviously be the extra amount, the, the double hand breaths that would be done um, at this, at, you know, um, in the Kodesh Kadashim. Yes. I was just thinking before um, um, about the, the sound, maybe there's an allusion here to Hakol Yafel Bishamim. Um... Okay, so which, oh, you mean the sounds of there about the, yeah, that normally is said when you're sort of grinding it, but maybe, okay, interesting. All right, okay, nice point. Okay, normally it would be uh, thin. Um, fine, thank you. Um, today it was ground extra fine. Tanur um, we taught, Daka, right, because it says on Yom Kippur, it says that he shall bring Ketorek Daka, fine incense. Why do you have to say fine incense? When it talks about the regular incense, it says grind it finely. To tell you that you do an extra grinding and you make it extra fine. Normally the Kohanim would go up on the east, circle counterclockwise, come down on the west. And today, um, now again, uh, let's take a look. All the turnings you do should be towards your east. And if you're coming up on the ramp on the south, then when you turn east, you are tur- when you turn to your I'm sorry, to turn to your to your to your right. All turnings you do should be towards your right. And if you're coming up on the ramp on the south, then a move to the right means to turn east and to go counterclockwise. Are you still, we're actually always facing. Are you trying? You're really trying to walk on the side, sort of. Mm-hmm. Facing it. No, like no. You imagine the continued turning is if you're pointing towards the center. It doesn't mean that as you're walking, you're pointing towards the center. But once your initial move is towards the east, then obviously your circuit is going to be a counterclockwise circuit. Okay. Um, Zayom, now here again is the question of the very fascinating two girsaot. Rashi's girsa is Ola Be'emsa V'yoyed Be'emsa. There's just the Kohen Gadol, and he can go up in the middle and come down in the middle. Um, and we'll just read my time, or what's the reason Mishum Kvodosh Kohen Gadol. It's his honor, like we were making 
the, we just commenting again this morning, like that uh, ad for the lottery. You know, you have your own lane through traffic and through the uh, toll booth and everything. You get to come straight in the middle. Nobody else is around. But the uh, uh, a fascinating gear says not Ole, but Olim Be'emsa, the Yardin Be'emsa. That there were other, the Kohanim were also there. They weren't doing the Avoda. But when the Kohen Gadol went up, first you would have a whole retinue of Kohanim going up in front of him. You know, uh, I don't know who it would be, but you'd have a whole retinue going up in front of him in the middle and then coming down, you know, in front of him when he would come down. So that would really, like, you know, show the importance that you, that actually seems like that would add a lot to, you know, the, the to like the uh, excitement of what was happening and focus you on the importance of what was happening. You know, otherwise it seems like very, I don't know, almost like, like you know, quiet or lone. I mean, I guess, you know, there is that whole sense of Yom Kippur, obviously, Aaron enters into the Kodesh Kadashim. There is that whole sense of like this uh, intimacy, you know, and the privacy and just the Kohen Gadol. And certainly just the Kohen Gadol enters into the Kodesh Kadashim. But if you think about it from the perspective of everybody that's around watching, you know, having one guy run here and one here and run there and like maybe a, 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 a slight assist to like finishing or mixing the blood, you know, you don't get that sense of like... Uh, um, not just excitement, but of like of, of weight, of significance, of like uh, of you know even of um, um, you know uh, um, majesty. Thank you. You know, so the idea I think it changes your sense of what was happening to thinking that there was like a lot of people that were around him that were doing things to add to the sense of the moment and the weight of what was happening. Yes. Yes. Could be, but I think it's more exciting to think that there were twenty Kohanim that ran up the. the, the you know the ramp in front of him right Okay. The Kohanim, no, but it just mentioned Kohanim. Normally Kohanim would go this way. Today the Kohanim would go, you know, up the middle. Maybe we'll have like their Mishmar that day? I, good, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. My, okay, so. Now we get to, I'm sorry, I skipped one. Normally he would wash from the general um, waiver that everybody else would use today from a special, you know, a picture on his, uh, for a private picture. My time in Mishun Kvodo Shel Kohen Gadol for his honor. It's interesting to give that reason because I would have said here more than the honor would be the issue of the Chulsha. Yeah. He's up there. He's going to the mikvah. He's going to do a washing, you know, before the mikvah, washing after the mikvah. What he's supposed to run down and wash his hands, go to the mikvah, run down, and wash his hands. So it's interesting that here it gives the reason of Kvodo. But of course, there was the opinion in the Mishnah that every day he would have his private, you know, picture to wash his hands, and that certainly would be Kvodo Shel Kohen Gadol. Now we get to the number of fires, pyres, on the top of the altar. And there, so everybody agrees that one was added for the create the coals for the ketoret that was burnt on the, in the Holy of Holies. The question was, what was the standard number? And to remind you, the opinions in the mission of the standard number was 4, 3, and 2. Right? The mission said... Um, normally it would be four today, five. That's Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yosef says normally three. Rabbi Yudah says normally two. So let's take a look what that's based on. Tanu Rabbanan. So our rabbis taught. The Choyom Hayushtayim Arachot. Normally there would just be two pyres. That would be the position of, I forget already, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yehuda. Um, okay, Vayom Shalosh. And today three. So what would be the standard two? One would be the main pyre, where you would be burning the limbs and the fats of the sacrifice. The other a secondary fire, what would that be for? The normal katoris that you would do on the gold altar twice a day. 
that would be your normal. Okay, um, and an extra one specifically for today for the for the coals that you would be using for the uh, for the incense of the holy of holies. Yeah, so we're going to discuss why everybody agrees there was an extra one today. We're going to discuss where these com- differences come from and why it's agreed that there was an extra one today. That's what Rebuda says. Normally three. What was the three? One for the main one. We got that. A minor one, a secondary one for the incense, for the coals for the incense, the regular incense. And another one for maintaining the fire. I'll get back to what that means in a minute. H tamid, right? H tamid. Hold on. And one extra. So what does it mean for maintaining the fire? So Michael is correct, and we're going to look in a minute in terms of the verse. But obviously, it's based on reflecting the verse of H tamid to kalonizdeach. Now, if I told you there was a third one for maintaining the fire, I have to tell you my assumption would have been that what it means is you're going to have one sort of it's sort of like the near tamid. You're going to have one fire that its whole purpose is that it should always be burning. Now, this stuff, functionally, you're burning the limbs, you're doing this. Obviously, you're going to try to maintain that it's caught going. But if you're in the middle of burning limbs and burning whatever, you know, and it's a big fire, who knows? Maybe sometime it goes out, but there's this other fire that you're constantly making sure is always burning. That's its whole purpose. That's what I imagined, like a near tamid. But you look at Rashi, where it says, Kiyum Ha'esh. Uh, Rashi says, where's the Rashi? Um in the middle of Gilanajas, thank you, Kiyama Aish, about ten lines down in the near lines, first word on the line, maybe twelve lines. Shin ain Aisha Marachagdola Mitgaber Mosifinalav Mizeh. So Rashi says, no. What this meant is to be Mekayim, the age of the main fire. So that if the main fire was going out, you could just grab some fire here. And of course, the first thing I would do if the fire is going out is grab some kindling and some wood. Why exactly you need a fire? You know, okay, because, you know, if your fire is going out, you know, you, you want to light it in different places yeah. and you want to get it started again. But it's quite interesting. Its purpose was to sustain the main one, not that it itself should be like an age Tamid. Yes. Not that it goes out. It's not it has to be bigger than the smaller one. No, I don't think it's no mitgaber. I, I just think it means it's not roaring. No, I disagree. It's not a roaring one fire. One big and one small. This one's got to be the big fire. No, no, I, I, no, I don't think that. The way I'm reading Rashi is the purpose is to make sure that the main fire is always going out. And if it's not a roaring fire and you're concerned it's going out, you want to make sure that you have this to feed it. Okay. We will have to agree to disagree on that, though. All right, fine. So now back to the Kamara. So that's your thir- that's according to him an extra one for Kiyum Um uh, Where were we? Okay. We just did that. Okay. Rabbi Meir. So if you take a look, Meir starts the line. It's in parentheses with an asterisk. On the side it says the Tosefta Lesa. So obviously in our mission this is Rabbi Meir, but in the Tosefta it's a non. It's it's Rebbe. Rebbe Omer. So it's interesting. Is it Rebbe or Rebbe Mayer? Not a big shock because, you know, Stam Mishnah is Rebbe Mayer, so Rebbe, who is the editor of the Mishnah, might, you know, might have adopted Rebbe Mayer's position. So Rebbe or Rebbe Mayer, Omer, Bechol Yom Arba, normally four, Vayom Chamesh, and today five. So what are the four? Achas Shemarach Gedola, the big one, Achas Shemarach Hashmiah, the Shokhtarath, the smaller one, which is used for the gold altar, for the daily incense. <clears throat> The Achas Shokim Ha'esh, the third one for maintaining a constant fire. The Achas Le'varimu Ptarim Shalonis Achumi Ba'erev. The fourth one is, yes, on the main fire you would burn the limbs and the fats. 
But that would be where you would put the limbs and the fats that were brought that day. Come the next morning, if they had not been totally consumed, so where do you do? So the normal sense would be, leave them there. Or if they fall off of the main wood, you put them back on. No, according to him, the idea was that was for the day sacrifice, the sacrifices of the day. It makes sense. It's like, you know, it's like my, it's like my kids. Well, what? Leftovers? We don't want leftovers. So you want that to focus on the sacrifices of the day. Things that still have to get done that weren't taken care of yesterday, they get done offline. They get done on a separate wood pile. Okay. That's what he says. All right. So that gives you four normally. So meaning every night, that's where they Every morning, that, no, because it would, the corpus of the day, would burn through the night and the right. goal was to have them burn through the night so every morning if something had not finished burning on the main wood pot on the main fire you would move it to the secondary fire and you'd leave the main fire for the whole night right like right from the night before that had not been consumed the night before everybody agrees everybody agrees that there's a minimum of two and everybody also agrees you add one for today so let's see first where you get the debates of the, in terms of the number everybody agrees there was a minimum of two you know, where do you know it? You read the Torah, it sounds like there was just one fire, right? The beginning of Tzav is all about the fire, Eish Tamit Where do you get the idea of multiple fires? So Amar Kra, the verse says, so let's actually read the Pasuk first to orient ourselves. Right? So first you have the Ola on Mokta. The fire, the pyre, the Eisham is beach tukad bog, and mokta tukad, right? And the fire burns in it, that's another mention of a fire. The lavasha kohen, etc. Asher tukal ha eish et ola al misbeach, so it mentions the fire. The lavasha kohen, the bottom of the zevadio of a sarove, it's a deshen, asher tukal ha eish et ola al misbeach, the samo eit al misbeach, so a third mention, the fire that consumes the ola. Um, and then it says, The fire should burn on it. So there seems like a little redundancy here, and five separate mentions of either a mokta or an H. So let's see what the Gemara does with Right. Okay, so. He ha'ola al mukta, that is the first one. It is the ola al mupayer. Al amizbeach kol alayla. Zu maracha gedola. This is the main one. The eish amizbeach tukadbo. And then it says another, the fire burns in it. That's a little redundant. So, zu maracha shniyash elkatoyres. That's the second one. That's how just in the opening pasuk of that section, everybody agrees that you get two fires. Reb Yossi, let's see. Reb Yossi, kiyum... So where does Reb Yosi get a third one? The one that's done for the sake of sustaining the fire. The extra, the extra, you know, I believe is the drasha. Uh, no, I'm sorry, the next Pasuk. No, 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 that's later. The next Pasuk. First it says, the Eisha Mizbeach Tukadbo in Pasuk Bet. And then Pasuk Hey is, the Eisha Mizbeach Tukadbo Lo Sichteh. So again, we have yet another mention of a fire. The Eisha Mizbeach Tukadbo. So that's where he gets a third one. Um, Reb Yehuda, now what does Reb Yehuda say back, who doesn't believe that there's a third one? That's for lighting the like kindling. What does that mean? Ditanya. We turn to the Brisa. Hayah Rebbe Yehuda Omer. Rebbe Yehuda would say, 
Minayim latzetas alifa. How do you know for the lighting of the kindling? Shalote el brosho shomizbeach that you can't sort of strike a match, light your kindling at the bottom, and then bring it up the up the altar. How do you know you do the actual lighting at the top of the altar? Tamad lamar ga'ish al mizbeach tukadbo. The fire should be burnt on it, meaning when you are lighting a fire to for kindling to add to the main main pyre you must do it bow on the top of the that's altar okay that is no that's not Kimeish this is why Rebbe Yehuda does not believe that there's a third one right so everybody the opening patsuk mentions two fires everybody used to two then towards the end of the paragraph it again says so Rebbe Yossi says that is coming to teach you a third fire for Kim Haish it must never go out right that emphasizes constant that's the third one for the Kim Haish and Rebbe Yehuda says no that means when you're lighting wood at the, uh, you know, for the sake of keeping the fire not you have a separate fire make sure you do it to cut bow on the top you of the altar the from the storehouse of the yeah wherever you get the kindling from exactly okay so that third reference is a question is it kiyum ha'esh or is it talking about lighting kindling and it must be done at the top of the altar okay now we're going to get Rebiosi to have the floor how do I know that you have a separate fire for the sake of sustaining the fire quoting the verse the, third t- the second time it mentions at the end of the paragraph the third mention of a fire that I get the idea he says that there's a third fire for sustaining it how does he know according to Rebbe, how does Rebbe Yossi know this idea that when you want to light kindling you have to do it at the top of the altar since for him this verse is talking about a third fire where does he get that other idea from he gets it from where Rebbe Shimon gets it this is not in Tzav but in the beginning of Vayikra by the way the basic difference I think I've mentioned this before but since we're looking at the Pesukim I should mention it you know Tzav and Vayikra seem like repeats Vayikra goes through all the Korbanot and then Tzav seems to like go through the same Korbanot again the difference is is that Vayikra is from the perspective of the person bringing the Korban right Vayikra is Adam ki akrid mikem Korban Sav is from the perspective of the Kohanim. Sav is our own that's banavle more zos tarat ha'ula. So by the by Sav, if it focuses on the on the on the on the Kohanim, they got to do a lot in terms of maintaining the fire and getting the ashes off. Right, that's a lot of the focus of the Kohanim. So you mention it, Ola, but the whole focus of the first paragraph on Sav is majorly about the fire, whereas the first paragraph and the focus of Ayikra is about an Ola, and the fire is only incidental. Right. What animal do you bring it from? He should bring it. It's all about the way he brings it. And then at the end it says, It mentions the fire parenthetically, but this is from the perspective of the person bringing it. That is of less interest and to him. So that's the basic difference difference between the opening of Vayikra and the opening of Tzav. So now, one minute, with that in mind, let's just see. Reb Yossi, so where does he get this idea of lighting the kindling at the top of the altar? He gets it from Vayikra. The Tzav Tzukim, the extra mention of fire is for a third fire. This idea of lighting the kindling at the top, that's from Vayikra. So from Vayikra, they should put the wood on the fire. It has to be 
B'nai Aharon. So it only has to be when they're, it has to be, you know, in their full status of a Kohen, a Kohen Kasher, Ubekli Sharek, and wearing the, you know, if they're, if they're putting wood on it, they have to use the holy vessels, they themselves have to be dressed in the garments. Divrei Rev Yehuda. Whatever, you know, I don't know, shovels and other types of things. That's what Rebbe, that's what Rebbe Yehuda says. So Rebbe Yehuda, who learned the kindling from the Pasuk in Sav, this extra Pasuk in Vayikra, where it speaks about B'nai Aron, he says that's not about lighting the kindling at the top of the altar, that's talking about who does it. It has to be done only by Kohanim and Kli Shareth. Amalur Rebbe Shimon, so Rebbe Shimon said back to him, You need a Pasuk to tell you that, a that only Kohanim can do it? How can you even begin to think that a non-Kohen could go up on the altar, well, which is quite fascinating. We have, bef- we have had before, we have had before the whole idea of Shrita, right, if Kasha was a non-Kohen, maybe even the Shrita of the, of, of the Kohen Gadol's Pakao and Yom Kippur. So you could be doing something that's obviously a significant avoda, doing it there on the floor of the Azara. But nevertheless, the whole going up to the altar for Rebbe Shimon is patently obvious that that, that, that would be completely off limits to a non-Kohen. It's quite fascinating. You know, no Pasuk, no anything. Yes, we know non-Kohen could do other things, but to go up on the Mizbech, you would not need a Pasuk. That's obvious. And it's very interesting, Tosa deals with elsewhere, you know, here and elsewhere, like, you know, this idea about how much could you just from this intuitive idea automatically make certain assumptions and rule out, like, you know, what, what, the ver- you, know, what you need the verse to teaching you about who does what in the Mikdash. So he says you cannot, you do not need that verse to tell you only Kohanim. If it's on the Mizbeach, then clearly it's only Kohanim. So what does he do with that verse? So, um, so, Ella limed al hatsasas alisa. What the verse is telling you is not that you need Kohanim. It's telling you that when you light the, when you light the kindling, shalotahei el barosha shal Mizbeach. That has to be on the top of the altar. Once you know the kindling is lit on the altar, then obviously it has to be Kohanim. So, but so, 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 I don't need a verse to teach me Kohanim. I need the verse to teach me. You got to do it at the top of the altar. Once I know that, the need of Kohanim is taken for granted. You had a question, David? Yes. When, when uh, Abraham brings to Isaac, he carries the fire. Mm-hmm. So here, when they say you have to light it on top, do they carry a fire up? Or no, the whole it? point is you carry the wood on top, right? And you do. Oh, you mean what is, are they? How are they lighting the alisa? Are they lighting it from an extra, a separate fire? I imagined, but I imagined that they were doing it by either putting the kindling against like the flame that was already on the maracha, or they were rubbing it together. Although you're maybe using flint or something. But my whole sense here is that you're creating the fire. I'll roast your shummies there. You're not bringing it down, right? Right, that's a nice idea, you know. Um, I mean, it's, I think it's an interesting thing to just get you're bringing us to slow down and think about that for a minute because, you know, we normally say that even though the H comes from the Shemayim, you know, there's a mitzvah for Lahedio to add, but that's talking about the wood. But the idea here of the creating of the fire, that you don't do it on the floor and bring it up, right? I think like just, you know, sort of symbolically, you don't want the whole, you know, you want to keep the sense of the fire up there. You don't want the sense that the fire is like a <coughs> mundane fire that's being brought from the floor and being brought up. So even though you're bringing the wood, the actual fire all gets done at the top. And that's, uh, that's what's happening here. So getting back to the question of the Gemara, we have, a, we have an extra pasuk at the end of the paragraph in Saz that says, like, uh, it says, the Eishom Izbech Tukadbo. Reb Yossi says that teaches me a third fire for sustaining the fire. Rabbi Yehuda says it teaches me that you light the kindling at the top. And the Gemara says, where does Rabbi Yossi get the idea of lighting the kindling at the top? That's the mention of the 
Kohanim and the Mizdeach and the fire at the beginning of Vayikra. And why is that debated? Because Rabbi Yehuda says, I know you light it at the top from Tzav. What the Pesach in Vayikra is telling me is that it has to be a Kohen. And Rabbi Shimon says back, no. I, once I know the top, it's obvious a Kohen. No non-Kohen is going to the Mizdeach. So the Pesach in, in Tzav is teaching me a third fire. The Pesach in Vayikra is teaching me the top of the altar. Once I know the top of the altar, I know it has to be a Kohen. Okay, yes. I know, so I mentioned Big Day Kuna, but could also be referring to things that you're also doing. Like I said, if you're just, you know, who knows? I mean, you know, you're, you're moving things around, you have pitchforks. Okay, let's go on. Okay, um, so, um, Reb Yehuda. Now, what would Reb Yehuda say back? Rabbi Yehuda, you know, Rabbi Yehuda might say it's not obvious that a czar can't go on the altar. But the Gemara thinks that maybe he, if he does agree to that, so why does he need one pasuk to tell me the top of the altar and one pasuk to tell me, um, a, to tell me um, only a Kohen? No. If you just told me um, the idea of, of uh, what do you call it, of a top of the altar, I still have got a non-Kohen in. How could you have gotten a non-Kohen in if you agree that no co- non-Kohen is going on the altar? Havi Amina, I would have said, you could be on the ground and use a um, what are those oh, things called a, a bellow a bellow now it's got to be a pretty big bellow it's like 32 amos high or whatever then you know, it's got to get it at an angle anyway but the point is yes the lighting of the flame had to be on the top of the Mizdeach that obviously I agree with you Gemara saying would have to be with the Kohen but I might think that a non-Kohen could do something from the floor and therefore it has to tell me that any, any addition to the fire any tending to the fire wherever you're standing has to be a Kohen okay Rebbe Mayer okay so that's our first debate our first issue of number three for the Kiyum Ha'esh do you learn it from the extra mention of Eish Kamid to Kavol Mizbeach at the end of the paragraph in Tzav or is that telling me about lighting the kindling now how about Rebbe Mayer that gets a fourth one Rebbe Meir, Evarim Upidarim Shalonisachlumi Ba'eraginale. Where does he get an idea that there's a fourth fire for transferring the stuff that did not burn overnight? Yesterday's Korbanot, transferring them to a fourth fire. Where does he get this fourth fire? Nafkalemi Ve'esh. Okay, the Ve'esh Alamizbeach Tukadbo Lo Sichbeh. The extra Vav. Rabbanon, Vav Lo Darshi. That Vav, they're not impressed by that. Okay? Ve'esh. So, Rabbanan, What do you do with the limbs that did not get consumed in the night? So, the answer is pretty obvious. So, fine. You put, you, either you keep them on the main fire, or if they fell off the main fire, you put them back on the main fire. So, you don't need a separate fire for that. The time we don't have How do you know the limbs that did not get consumed the night before? That you put them, you sort of let, you know, uh, arrange them on the, on the top of the altar, meaning, because you're going to come in in the morning and you might have to fix the main fire, right? You know, sweep out the dust and rearrange it and put on logs, and you don't want to necessarily be dealing with all of the, you know, all the limbs that are there. So, or limbs that fell off of the fire and are on the top of the altar but not on the fire. So you take all the limbs, you move them to a side, you put them at the top of the altar, you fix your fire, and then you're going to put them back on the fire. Okay? The Eimach Zikan, and if there's not enough space at the top of the altar for the, those limbs, Shesodon Kevesh, you put them on the ramp. Or on the, on the uh, sort of walk around. Until you can fix the main fire, the Sodron, and then put them back on the main fire. 
that the fire consumes the Ola on the altar. So the extra pasuk, the extra mention is, according to Rabbi Me- according to this, um, that you ke- not that you have an additional fire, but it's the same fire that you're going to use to be tochal ha'ola, to finish consuming the ola, and to finish consuming anything else. Okay? What? No, on the ramp, not on the floor. Yes, on the floor of the Kemesh. Right, the but now the floor of the Azara. On the floor yeah. of the Kemesh. Right. Kemesh is also made out of marble? Um, Slippery. Um, no, uh, stone, yeah. Yeah, like marble, stone, yeah. Slippery. I don't know, it's a good question. Okay, so one minute. Okay, the e- the e- okay so R- Rebbe Mayer. Now, Rebbe Mayer, who says that I, there's a separate fire, why do I need this extra phrase, Asher Tuchal Ha'esh Et Ha'ola? What do I do with that? To teach me, that you only restore, it's only things that you put back, whether you're putting back on the main fire, whether you're putting back on the secondary fire. Rebbe Mayer says, I think that there's an, that, that there's an extra fire. What do I do with this emphasis of Asher Tuchal Ha'esh Et Ha'ola? which the rabbis say means use the same fire the same fire that burned the Ola I don't emphasize same fire I emphasize Ola only animal parts Ola which includes not only the Ola but all animal sacrifices do you put back but if Ketoret fell off of in the gold altar was burning in the gold altar and a piece of Ketoret you know did not get consumed you do not put it back on and let it burn and make it burn okay when you the, no when you go into the gold altar and you see that the, the fire has gone out or whatever and the, or, or whatever it is the Ketoret has finished burning but there's one piece that didn't burn that fell off the fire don't put it back on the fire okay the Yatamachti Okay, the Kuleyama, Mihas, everybody whatever, nevertheless agrees. Mosifin, Vobiyam. So now we've got this debate. I'm not, I skipped the line. The Tani Rebbe Hanan and Berminyomi, Bidibe, Rebbe Al Yezer, and Yaakov, Asher Tuchal Eisha, Tolal, and Yisbeach, Ichule Ola Tamachzir, you return the unconsumed parts of the animal sacrifices, Vietamachzir, Ichule Kitaras, not the unconsumed parts of the Kitaras. For whatever reason, we learn this from the Pasuk. Okay? So everybody agrees, a main one and one for the Kitaras, based on the extra mentions of fire in the opening paragraph of Tzav, the question is, you also have a third one for maintaining the fire and a fourth one for the previous day's, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, limbs and fats that were not burnt from the previous day. Now, the Chuyam Amiyas, everybody agrees nonetheless, Mosivim Gobi Yom Islehu. They agree that there's an extra fire for the day of Yom Kippur. Minalehu. Where do they get it from? Nafkalehu mi Zihaesh. Right, before we had tried try to do an extra vav, ve'ish. But there's a ve'ha'ish. Like you could have just said, e'ish al mizbeach tukadbo. What's the ve'ha'ish and the? So that's coming to tell me that there are times where there's even yet another fire. Okay? You could have said ve'ha'ish. Right, exactly. The fear among the darish vav, even if you're not normally impressed with an extra vav, vav hey darish. An extra vav and hey is ex- clearly extra, and therefore coming to tell you that there's going to be sometimes yet another fire. Again, the funny thing is, is that all the other fires are on a daily basis. This one is for one day out of the year. There is nothing that links this hint in the pasuk to you know to any um, to any you know to specifically to Yom Kippur. Yeah, well, they just have an extra when you need it. Like on a day there's a lot of korbanot. Yeah. Maybe. Anyway, okay. Now the message is like this. Eish tamid. Now we've interpreted the whole pasuk except the last one. Eish tamid to kalim izbech lo sichdes. There was any verse that you'd say would be this idea of a third fire for Kiyom Ha'esh would be the last Pasuk in the paragraph. What, what do we do with that? We've completely ignored that. 
Um, so eight tamid to kabbal mizbeach lo sichter. What do you do? With, what do you do with that? Eish tamid lemayasa midayri lechedetanya. For we taught in the brayso. Eish tamid to kabbal mizbeach lo sichter. Lime this teaches you amarachash niyashok toret shalotei el alam mizbeach achitzon. Yes, we learned from the verse that you have to have a separate fire for the uh, feeding the, what do you call it? For, for, for using the keturah, for putting on the gold altar on a daily basis. But maybe it didn't have to be on the Nizbeach. How do you know it has to be kept on the Nizbeach? Because the Pusuk we learned it out from was, what was it? Where else would you put it? Um, I, maybe you would burn it on the, on the Nizbeach Hazav. Maybe yeah, you'd maintain right. you'd maintain a fire on the Nizbeach Hazav. Like so what? How much do you need to burn the keturah? Okay. Um... Uh, where was it? Uh, yeah, so I don't exactly get it because the Pasuk does say the Eish Amizbeach Tukad Bo. So Tukad Bo presumably on the altar, but maybe I would have said it meant the golden altar. How do I know that I make the fire for the gold altar, for the Ketoreth, on the outer altar? Maybe I make it on the gold altar. So that's what the Pasuk of Eish Tamid Tukad Amizbeach is telling you. Somehow the repetition, again, I don't know how you know which altar, is underscoring the outer altar. Just for young people. No. no. Every day they would take fire remember we said on a daily basis they would take coals from the top of the Mizbech and bring it in yeah. every single day when they had it burned the Ketoret on the golden altar they go up here they get from the second pyre which was for the Ketoret they go in here they put it on the top of the altar and they put on the Ketoret right today they would have a third pi- a, an additional one for the coals they're going to be using for in here the question is you have all these Tukim about fire 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 and all the fires are here but maybe the Pesach that tells you about a fire for the Ketoret is not it's telling you you keep a fire on that altar. You you maintain a fire on that altar. How do you know that the fire for the Torah is what you do here and then you take the coals and bring them in? So that we are learning from this extra pasuk. Okay, but this is on a daily basis. Okay? Limit al Marachas Nyashok Torah, the second day when they had the daily one, Shalotehe Elab Alamizbeachitzon that is only on the outer altar. Okay. Now the Gemara says like this Eish Machta Uminora Minayin. So the fire for the Machta of Yom Kippur and the light that you would use for the menorah, how do you know that you would get that um, from the um, outer altar? Right? We've learned all of these fires. We've learned that the fire for this comes from the outer altar. How do you know that the fire, we learned that there's an idea of a fifth fire, extra fire for Yom Kippur, but it's not so clear that it's on the outer altar. How do you know the fire you would use for Yom Kippur and the fire you would use for the menorah, right? That also was taken from the fire on the top of the outer altar. Where do you get that from? So, Eish Machta, there's three things, it's two things. Eish Machta, the fire of the fire pan for Yom Kippur, the menorah, Minayin, how do you know that those also come from the, since we said the one for the gold altar comes from it, how do you know those come from the outer altar? The Dinu. If you can le- learn it out logically. It says fire by the burning of incense, and it says fire by the machta, right? Now, by the way, Uminora, and it says it by Minora, right? It says, uh, uh, what does it say by Minora? It says, um, uh, it says some age. Oh, uh, what is it? The Halotchat and he wrote. That's and they wrote. Anyway, it says age somewhere by Minora. The problem is, is that it doesn't say age by Ketoret. Right, it says it says eight by all three of them, but it actually doesn't say eight by Ketoret. If you look at Rashi, where Rashi says Nemrakan eight Ketoret dechsev yaktirena the ein haKetora below eight. So that was a little bit of a, of a cheat, right? It says oh, it says in eight all three times, so we're going to link them, but it doesn't say eight by the Ketoret. It just says yaktirena and eight is inferred. 
So Tosos points out, if you look at Tosos, Nemra Eish Bektores, nearly Dixiv Gabi Korach, Atavaron Ishmachtato, Utnu Bahen Eish Vesimu Alein Ketoret. Okay, so you have Eish linked to the Ketoret, Eish by the burning, by the Kotche Kotchim, Gachle Eish Mealamis Beach, okay, and you have the, um, and you have the Eish by the Menorah. So, and we're going to link them. So it says like this. Uh, we're worried. Um, the same way we learned that the age for the daily Torah is from the outer altar, here too it's from the outer altar. So, by, it's all linked by age. That's one argument. Oh, or, make the opposite argument. So, it says age by all three. Yes, they're all in one group. Maybe not all in one group to say it comes from the outer altar. Maybe all in one group to say it comes from the closest source. So when you are here and you need the fire for the burning of the regular Torah, the closest source of fire is here. But when you're going to want to light the menorah or burn fire in the, or, or burn the incense in the Kachikachim, what's the closest source of fire? This one. This has already fire on it. So yes, you learn that they're all similar, but all similar that they all come from here, all similar that they come from the closest source. And maybe both of those come from this one. Because, you know, you could have said, what's the whole question? The Pasuk says, right, It says, But the question is, which Nizbeach? Right? Maybe he takes it from the gold altar. So how do we know that it comes from the outer altar? Okay? Again, going back to that last pasuk, the Eish Tamid should constantly burn on the altar. Eish Tamid, the fire for the Tamid that I have said to you, So what thing does it say Tamid about in the Mikdash? Ner Tamid. Ner Tamid, right? So the fire for Tamid has to come from the outer altar. That gets you menorah. But now we're still left with the question about the Kachay Kachim. Okay? So, Lamadnu Eish Liminorah. That solved the idea that the menorah's fire comes from the outer altar. Eish Lemach And how about the fire for the fire pan for Yom Kippur? Maybe it comes still from the gold altar. The Dinu. Let's again make the argument. Nemra Eish Bimachta and Nemra Eish Bimnorah. Let's just link those two. Right? It says Eish by the Machta and by the fire pan. It says Eish by the menorah. And we've now laid the basis for saying the menorah comes from the outer altar, that's fire. Afkan, or we've made that proof. So the fire for the Kachay Kachim is linked to the menorah, and therefore it comes from the outer altar. Oh, that's one argument. Oh, or make the opposite argument. No, it says H by the normal Ketoras, and it says H by the Machta. Malal and the Samuchlo, the same type of argument. Maybe the point is not the, the outer altar, the point is the most closest source of fire. So yes, by the menorah you see it means not the closest, it means the outer altar. But maybe the age by the regular incense, maybe the emphasis there is the closest source. Afkan the Samuchlo, and here too, maybe it comes from the closest source, maybe you take the coals from the, from the gold altar. Finally, the pasuk in by in um, in and here's which mizbeach milifnei Hashem from the mizbeach from the ingred is from that part of the mizbeach that is lifnei Hashem. Ezu mizbeach shemitzato lifnei Hashem 
Zayin Kulo Lifnei Hashem, which altar has a section which could be called close to God, and a section that's not directly close, that is the outer one. Why? Because from the part that is Lisnei, if you're on the outer altar, you could say the stuff on the west side is closer, is Lisnei Hashem, because it's closer to the Ulam of the Hechel and so on. And the stuff on the east side is further away. So if it's on this altar, you can discuss what is Lisnei Hashem. If it was this altar, it's already in the presence of God. There's no section that is Lisnei Hashem and not Lisnei Hashem. So because of the verse of Mi, of mi Lisnei Hashem, we learned that we're talking about an altar that you can have a section that is closer and further. What? We're talking about the outer altar, not the inner altar. What? Can't the yeah, you could have said, no, maybe Lisnei Hashem means the one that is more in the presence of God. Yeah, it's not how the Gemara is reading it, is all I can say.